Ruby Frankie was known by millions as a very tough mom. That's exactly the way she wanted it. The social media star amassed a huge following of supporters and detractors alike, preaching the values of strict discipline. But you'll learn in a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus how the small empire built by this momfluencer crumbled the moment her 12-year-old son escaped their home and called 911. Wondery and Law and & Crime bring you the new podcast, The Rise and Fall of Ruby Frankie, which explores the allegations of starvation, torture, and emotional abuse leveled against Frankie and her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt. Learn about the family's path to stardom, the depravity investigators uncovered inside the home, and hear in-depth analysis of the ongoing criminal trial. Listen to The Rise and Fall of Ruby Frankie exclusively and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now, Twitter's iconic blue bird could be about to be culled. Twitter, one of the biggest brands in the world has become, wait for it, X. Twitter's name and blue bird logo are no more. The social media platform officially began its rebrand both online and at company headquarters in San Francisco. The social media platform was bought by billionaire Elon Musk. Elon Musk showed up at Twitter headquarters, merrily carrying a sink. And he said, I own Twitter now. Let that sink in. He then decimated the company's staff in an effort to make it more profitable. Thousands of workers learning they have lost their jobs after being told to check their email. What percentage of your staff did you fire at Twitter? I think we're about we're about twenty uh, percent of uh, the original size. Uh, so eighty percent left. Uh, yes. Uh, it turns out uh, you don't need uh, all that many people to run Twitter. Why change such an iconic brand? Could Musk actually be onto something? And as the platform declines, or at least changes in ways that many don't like, well, what's the alternative? I'm joined by Belfast Telegraph reporter Curtis Reid. Curtis, once again, you're very welcome to the Bell Tale. Thank you very much, Karen. This might seem a bizarre question for you, but I think I have to ask him. Who is Elon Musk again? Yeah, it's it's strange because I think up until about five years ago, maybe four years ago, people just knew him as the Tesla guy. He made his money through the electric cars that people frequently saw, but it really still wasn't a massive thing. Um, But it's only within the past uh, year or so he's really become really prominent because of his purchase of the social media website Twitter. Um, And there's sort of lots of discussion around himself. You know, he he is a billionaire. He used to be the world's richest man uh, for a a short period of time. Um, But uh, he is most known for his extensive work in the technology sector. So he has multiple different companies, um, which are all slightly related to each other, which made the Twitter acquisition a little uh, different. Um, But yeah, he, I mean, depending on who you ask, engineer, billionaire, madman, genius. 
And he's the guy, he's the rocket man. Yeah. I mean, who wants to go and live yeah. on Mars. Yeah, yeah. He was one of the first people to sort of come out and say, listen, let's all move to Mars. And people thought, you know, what is what is this statement? But now it actually has a little bit of credibility because of his uh, work with SpaceX. And then SpaceX obviously developed Starlink. Uh, but yeah, he, he really is noted for his outlandish remarks, but he sort of proved right in the end, especially when it came to things like electric vehicles. He was the first person to sort of pioneer those. When he mentioned Mars, like I mentioned previously before there, um, people thought it was very, very strange. But now every billionaire seems to have a rocket company. It's the accessory you need. I, I, I'm always struck by the remark he said about Mars, which doesn't have a breathable atmosphere. Yeah. He described it as a bit of a fixer-upper. Yeah. yeah. Um, and as we say, for many, many people, especially young men, they have huge admiration mm-hmm. for this, mm-hmm. this, this Superman who carries the world on his back like Atlas himself. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if you're, if you're online for the, for the past few years, you'll have noticed that sort of the male role models has really took a change in society recently. Uh, I think when I was younger, everybody used to just look up to like footballers. But now it's young men who look up to eccentric uh, millionaires or billionaires who may display behaviour which is slightly morally ambiguous. Uh, but yeah, he, he really has developed a very cult following, especially and predominantly uh, within young men who really look up to him as their their idol almost. He has a, has a real strong fan base of eccentric fanboys who will follow him in any decision that he makes. He has his electric cars. He has his technology companies. He has even got rockets. Yeah. So what do you buy if you have everything already? And the answer was... Twitter. Yeah. Why did he buy Twitter? It's it's strange. I mean, you know, Elon Musk has, has very, he's been really outspoken about how, you know, he himself is aware that he displays very odd and weird behaviour. He's he's always displayed this throughout his childhood. Um, you know, his father has been very disparaging to him for, uh, you know, a number of years. He gives very strong interviews where he describes his son as displaying very odd behaviour. Um, but it's, it's clear that throughout his entire life, he's wanted to be ahead of the curve. And I think what happened was he's seen the likes of Amazon's Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post and even though he is very even though Bezos is very adamant that he doesn't have any editorial control he's seen Twitter as the ultimate goal he's seen it as something that he wanted to acquire it was an already made social media company that he could buy and turn into whatever he wanted so it seems to be something to do with like personal ambition and ego because Twitter was never particularly profitable if no. profitable at all no it was it was never profitable i mean uh, we'll get into it uh, i'm sure but you know when it comes to the the stock prices um he bought twitter for far more than what it was ever going to be worth and uh you know social media companies you know are long reported they don't make money they rely on advertising and you know they're they're i think a lot of people are under the misconception that elon musk made twitter a, a paid for service by introducing a subscription that that wasn't the case that was long discussed well before Musk took over the company um, in a bid for social media companies to make money. I Ultimately, I think he's seen it as a way to buy the world's biggest soapbox. You know, Twitter isn't a media company, but every single person who's involved in media is on Twitter and uses Twitter prominently. By buying it, he was able to not control the narrative, but at least have some ownership 
and he, you know, took real issues with the way that the website was being ran. Um, he's a free speech absolutist. He's very prominent where he says, you know, he's really adamant that, you know, everybody should have an opinion um, and should be allowed to share it. And he was unhappy with the way, well, he was reportedly unhappy with the way that Twitter was running that, particular uh, with the reference to kicking off uh, President Donald Trump from the platform. He he didn't like that and thought that that was a ridiculous decision, which a lot of people say may have had some influence in terms of his purchase of the company. And he walked into the front door carrying a toilet. Uh, a sink. A sink, a sorry, sink, a sink. Yes, a kitchen sink. He, he literally walked in with a kitchen sink, yeah. I mean, whether or not he walked in happily, because, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure if everybody's aware of this, but, you know, Elon uh, first initially shown interest in buying Twitter as far back as 2017. He briefly flirted with the idea and, and, you know, it was just sort of tweets that he had put out saying, you know, I would love to buy Twitter or, you know, it would be it would be great to own it. Um, but when he initially made his claim, when he tweeted uh, in April 2022 that he was going to actually buy the website, uh, he tried to back out of it multiple times. And it wasn't until Twitter actually went to a court in Delaware and said that they would sue him if he did not fulfill his promise promised to buy the company, uh, that he eventually took the keys and uh, walked into the building with a, with a kitchen sink. And he immediately started making changes, and radically so. Yeah, yeah. What uh, did he do? He, so at the start, it was quite strange. So um, he laid off half of Twitter's entire staff. Um, so Twitter had thousands and thousands of employees across the world. You uh, even had employees in Ireland. Uh, and he basically just gutted the entire workforce. And we continue with the news this Friday night and to thousands of jobs lost. Elon Musk, who now owns and, of course, runs Twitter. And now thousands of workers learning they have lost their jobs after being told to check their email. Reports tonight, roughly half the company's 7,500 employees now out of work. Now, it was a strange decision because a lot of people thought, right, okay, well, this is going to be the end of the website. You cannot simply let go half of a company's uh, employees and expect everything to run as normal. But it kind of did. It, it did run sort of the way it did. There was a few technical errors. The, the website did go down on multiple occasions. It suffered from, you know, overloads and, and sort of slight system issues. But ultimately, for a company that had just got rid of half of its entire workforce it seemed to be okay. So a lot of people seen that as, well, maybe that's a positive change. You know, maybe the company just, you know, didn't need that amount of staff and he was making an economical decision to remove people that weren't necessary to the website's function. Um, this latest change, however, I yeah. mean, Twitter, we're talking about Twitter. Everybody's heard of Twitter, even if they've never seen it, even if they're never on it, but the, everybody knows it exists. It's, it's an iconic brand. Brands change. Mm. I mean, I remember marathon bars changed to Snickers. Yeah. I remember Emmerdale Farm just changing to Emmerdale. Those are brands, but they're, they weren't brands at the scale of Twitter. This, yeah. is, this, this is like Coca-Cola t- calling itself something else. And not only that, he changes it simply to the letter X. Yeah. Um, to, to really explain this decision, you really need to go back to the, the late 90s, um, which really was the, you know, the, you know it, it formed... Elon's obsession with the letter X. So in uh, in the early in the late nineties, he he founded a company called X.com. 
um, which was an online banking system. It was a financial service website. It didn't really make a lot of sense. He had just sold a very popular uh, city guide mapping website that he made with his uh, with a few colleagues uh, previously, and he wanted to invest the money that he had got from that sale into this new platform. So he created X.com. Um, he was eventually ousted from X.com after the fact that it did not have a cohesive vision. Um, a lot of people pointed out that, okay, it's it's a financial website, it's an online banking website, but what does it actually do and what do you actually want from it? Um, he was sort of removed because he wanted to make it an everything uh, website. He wanted it to encapsulate absolutely everything. And he has now made recent comments where he wants Twitter to be much of the same. It's also worth noting that X.com later became PayPal. So, you know, I don't think a lot of people are aware that Elon Musk had a hand in the creation of PayPal. Okay. So again, 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 a guy many people love to hate. Mm-hmm. He seemed to be right again. 2-0 two, yeah. two Elon. Yeah, and I mean, uh, when PayPal sold to eBay, I think in 2005, uh, he made hundreds of millions of pounds because of that sale. And he actually bought back the domain name X.com from PayPal because he wanted to keep it. Um, now we know why he wanted now to keep it. Now we know. But if, if if Twitter becomes everything, if it becomes an, our online banking, if it becomes our, 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 a media, proper media organisation, if it becomes an online retailer, mm-hmm. if it becomes, if it remains what it is in terms of, of, of disseminating important information and not so important information, if it becomes everything, mm-hmm. does Elon Musk not become everything and ultimately control the world? I mean, I, mean I, I can't believe I'm saying this, yeah. but I mean, that's, 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 that's who we're dealing with here. But do you know, the weird thing about that, that statement, Kieran, is that there already is an app that does this. Um, in, in Asia, particularly uh, East Asia, in China and, uh, you know, uh, across those countries, there's, a, there's an app called WeChat. Um, it's the Chinese version of Facebook. It is all those things. It's a media company. It's a retail website. Basically, WeChat operates um, as this ginormous conglomerate of everything. And a lot of people are pointing out that Musk is looking at WeChat as the perfect model to turn X into. Um, Now that works in China. Whether or not that works in Western countries is going to be another question. I don't think Elon Musk gives the, the type of impression of a person that you really want to trust with absolutely everything in your life. Um, you know, your your personal data, your credit card information, your debit card, your bank accounts. You know, do you want to hand that over to one website or do you want to just go somewhere else? So just, just to remain with X, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a simple letter. He may have this obsession. But I noticed that the workers taking down the Twitter sign uh, in San Francisco were challenged or had to pause their work after the police arrived. They didn't have pl- planning permission yeah. to take down the Twitter sign. I just wonder, like the little board, the, the, the notion of a tweet, Twitter, this is such an iconic brand. And, 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 and yes, this letter might have such importance personally for Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I sent out an X on X. Are you Xing today? Yeah. Yeah, um, I think a lot of people will miss Larry, the bird, the little blue bird that was uh, Twitter's logo for all those years. It's it's very strange. I mean, from a business perspective, rebranding such a notable company, um, which has such, you know, distinct uh, icons associated with it and words. I mean, you know, 20 years ago, if you'd said the word retweet, people would have been like, what are you talking about? What is that? What is a tweet? Um, but, you know, it, it 
became our, our it became our language, and it's so recognizable. And now Elon is completely you know, destroying that and, and, and redoing it, uh, which he is perfectly within his rights to do. So it is his company essentially now. And if he wants to rebrand it, he can. But from a business perspective, rebranding such a notable company this late and this extreme would be seen as catastrophic. Some people have noticed changes. I have noticed changes in Twitter. For mm-hmm. example, I've been shown without my invitation, numerous, uh, Videos of people being shot and murdered. Yes. Uh, which didn't happen before. Yeah. Um, that's about it, really. I mean, now, now you know, the, somebody must have said, well, this guy gets a kick out of watching these things and let's show him more. Um, so I've been showing a lot of these things. I, You know, slowly but surely you work out how not to see these things because mm-hmm. there's there's the for you and there's the following. Uh, some people have disappeared. Some people I haven't seen in months. So there have been changes. from, But from day one, even before the changes started, some people said, I've had enough. I'm getting out of here. And they fled to different places. Now, the first place that people said they were going was Mastodon. Yes. I knew a lot of people went to Mastodon. They were back in Twitter in a week. Yeah. I think that really happened. I mean, whenever Musk announced that he was going to, you know, get the keys to the kingdom and, and fully take over Twitter, everyone was like, right, that's it. We'll go to Mastodon. And Mastodon is essentially a Twitter replica. It looks almost exactly the same. Um, it, it acts in the same way. And people just thought, right, okay, well, I'm going to I'm going to sign up to this. Um the strange thing about Mastodon was that it, it, it really wasn't, it was fully launched, but it was very difficult to sort of get onto it. I think people had to register and then you had to, you know, sort of accept an invitation and people thought, mm, this is just a little too much hassle. Um, so it was the cool thing for a brief, brief uh, minute once Musk had said that he had bought it. But like you said, I think everybody was just back on Twitter a couple of weeks later. The other platform which I've only noticed in the last couple of weeks, but I understand it has been around uh, for quite a while, is Blue Sky. Yeah. And people, it seems to be something you have to apply for. Yeah. And try and be, it, 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 there seems to be a, an air of exclusivity about it. It's weird. So like every time uh, Musk did something on Twitter or or made a significant change, it felt like the, the alternative to Twitter had changed every single time. So whenever he announced he was buying it, everyone was going to go to Mastodon. Whenever he made certain changes to, uh, you know, the the users and the content on Twitter, everyone then announced, oh, I'm going to Blue Sky. Um, and I think Blue Sky only became really relevant to, you know, I think a few prominent American journalists said that they were going to be on it and people thought, right, okay, well, if I want to read their content, I need to join Blue Sky. Again, like Mastodon, very clunky, very strange, um, feels like you're using a, a sort of knockoff Twitter, which is, which is very strange. You know, if people want to go somewhere, they want it to be similar, but they don't want it to almost be copied in the entire interface, but just you know, look worse. Uh, so Blue Sky, I don't think will ever really sort of take off in the way that Twitter did. Um, I feel like there was just a brief flirtation with it being the possible new thing. And then a, then a number of weeks ago, again, we we heard of something called Threads. Yeah. I had a look at Threads. Yeah. And as you said, knock off Twitter. Yeah, essentially. I mean, in my personal opinion, I think Threads is maybe the one that has the most legs. When you talk about a new possible Twitter, I think the only one that's really going to do well is whichever one that provides decentralization. So Threads has has really talked about doing that, where they want to incorporate a website where you can bring in all your other social media networks into one. And Threads have been very adamant, and, and Meta, who own the company, has said that they, they want it to be a one-stop shop for all social media. Now, not to the extent of WeChat, um, where, you know, 
you could buy a house, but they want it to be a, a place where you can post your Instagram photographs, you know, share maybe your WhatsApp status or your online status or share your tweets, bring in your Facebook albums. They, they want it to be sort of a, a super social media company. The only problem with Threads right now is that people are finding it very sort of difficult to use. When it when it first launched, uh, Mark Zuckerberg was very proudly announcing uh, every hour that they'd had 10 million users, 50 million users, and it ended up with over 100 million users, which was crazy for, for a new social media company. And people really seemed to be taking to it. Uh, the problem is, is that now within the last week, he has mentioned that it has now lost half of that uh, in terms of active users. People are just not going to it anymore. Um, and that's because it simply faced some stumbling blocks there was a for you page, which means that it recommended content rather than, you know, you're following. Uh, people thought, well, what's the point of me following loads of people if you're just going to show me people that I don't follow? Uh, it doesn't have a search feature. It doesn't have a desktop version. So I think once they make those changes, um, it could possibly become a very strong replacement for Twitter. Um, but it's very clear at this stage from using threads that it was, it was rushed out to fill that void. Um, yeah, it almost... The gamble will only work if if, face, if Twitter really falls away. Yeah. I mean, they can't both exist. No, definitely not. Uh, you know, if people are not going to use threads if Twitter is there and Twitter remains unchanged. At this stage, it seems that he, you know, Musk wants to make very significant changes. The The only issue is that he's making these changes very bluntly and people are not sort of receiving them very well um you know randomly announcing that oh later on tonight we're going to change the logo to an axe without a you know a, a rollout without sort of announcements or you know you know a, basically a plan to say that this is my goal you know you can't just tweet and say by the way tonight you you know there's going to be a new logo on your phone well i can't you can't but elon <laughs> musk certainly can he can yeah, yeah. um Telegram. I know very little about Telegram, but I know Dmitry Medvedev, the mm -hmm. deputy chairman of the Security Council of the Russian Federation, is on it. And I know that that's where he says really radical things. Um, what's Telegram like? Telegram is a very weird app. It's exactly, it has the same sort of interface as WhatsApp. It's a, it's a messaging service, um, but it's highly, highly encrypted. It's very good if people want to share information anonymously. So us, like journalists, if people want to, you know, provide information to journalists, but don't want, yeah. uh, you know, a public record of it, that's perfectly fine. But there's also this sort of... Uh, nefarious ongoings on it as well, particularly uh, drug dealing, conspiracy theories, misinformation, groups that are dedicated to these particular acts. This is in public. So give me an example. Yeah. So obviously I don't want to sort of advertise criminal behavior, but it is very easy to find anything that you want on Telegram. Uh, and that, you know, with particular reference to, uh, I wrote a story uh, yesterday about uh, the drug distribution in Belfast. Um, we're now seeing... Uh, drug, uh, you know, distributors uh, throughout Northern Ireland are using platforms like Telegram to advertise their sales. And, you know, I, I spoke to a counsellor and, and he said that he was aware of it because it's astounding that the likes of drug dealing has went from street corners at night to your phone using PayPal to transfer the money, using Apple Pay to just send it across and it can be either delivered or carried to your house or posted. It's, and let's be clear, uh, uh, neither Apple Pay nor PayPal have any idea of no. what the nature of this transfer is. No, and not. I would presume that Telegram would also 
say that. Nevertheless, yeah. the fact of the matter is that this activity is facilitated by the activities of private individuals on this platform. Yeah, so a Telegram would be very adamant to the fact that they don't endorse any criminal behaviour on their their app, um, but they do. You know, they're very adamant of the, of its uh, you know its encryption qualities. They see it as a place where you can safely discuss things um, without information being leaked or, or compromised. But I mean, you look at Telegram. WhatsApp says the exact same thing. You know, we're end to end encrypted. We'll never view your chats. So it's it's strange. But Telegram just really relies on this sort of group chat uh, functionality. Mm. These pl- sort of platforms have gone back a long time. I remember something called Bebo. I was never yeah. on Bebo. I-, I always thought that Bebo was beyond ridiculous. I loved Bebo. And I-, I just couldn't understand that intelligent people were just going on like children on Bebo. But mm-hmm. anyway, and then came MySpace. Mm. And MySpace then suddenly went off the boil. Mm-hmm. And then obviously came the big daddy of them all, Facebook, which... Younger people now tell me, you just would never go on yeah. social death. But that's where your aunties and uncles are. They're on Facebook. Could we all end up back on Facebook? Uh, I'm going to say no. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely not. Uh, I think Facebook has just really lost its its youthful appeal. Um, are you trying to tell me that young people aren't interested in lost dogs and stuff and Yuri Ben cell? Lost dogs in uh, in Wyoming that's being shared by women in East Belfast? No, I don't. I don't think that they're that interested. No, um, and I don't think it's anything against Facebook. I think they've tried their their hardest. Uh, you know, they introduced uh, you know stories like Instagram, even though they own Instagram as well. Um, you know, they've introduced all these features in, in an attempt to recapture its you know hundreds of millions strong user base, um, but they're just they're just not cool anymore. Um, you know, it's it's a place where older people uh, really, you know, like to use it and, and post updates, but uh, a more younger audience doesn't need that when you can post an Instagram story about what you're doing right now. I mean, Meta doesn't lose out either way. They own Instagram, so they're just looking at it thinking, okay, cool. Now, in the latest twist in the Twitter um, saga... Uh, now called X, of course. Mm-hmm. They're now suing an anti-hate organisation whose research has criticised the platform. So it seems not the free speech fundamentalist has claimed. Yeah, uh, Elon Musk loves um, to say that he's a real advocate for free speech, but now his company has taken um, action against an anti-hate organisation for criticising them. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a strange one. Um, you know, a company called uh, Centre for Counter- Countering Digital Hate, uh, which has offices actually in the UK as well, um, has been uh, accused by X of an unlawful acts to improperly gain access to its uh, its data. Uh, this is something that Elon Musk trots out every now and again. He's very... Um, adamant that Twitter's data and Twitter's uh, interface is not to be used by other people. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we've seen radical changes to websites like TweetDeck and HootDeck, which rely on on Twitter's uh, interface. Uh, they were completely shut down or completely changed because, and some may argue that this is a perfectly valid point, they were basically you know, piggybacking on the back of Twitter's website and, and its functionality and were offering it as a product to their customers. So he's a, he's a real sort of adamant person of you cannot just use Twitter. So he's he's accusing this this company of improperly gaining access, um, even though he said that he's a free speech absolutist and um, that this company is trying to silence him. 
Curtis, where and when can we read your technology column? Uh, it's going to be in our pullout every single Saturday titled uh, Review. Um, it's going to feature uh, reviews of upcoming and new products. Um, so you'll, you'll find it in uh, the Belfast Telegraph on Saturdays. Curtis Reid, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Kim. Ruby Frankie was known by millions as a very tough mom. That's exactly the way she wanted it. The social media star amassed a huge following of supporters and detractors alike preaching the values of strict discipline. But you'll learn in a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus how the small empire built by this momfluencer crumbled the moment her 12-year-old son escaped their home and called 911. Wondery and Law and & Crime bring you the new podcast The Rise and Fall of Ruby Frankie, which explores the allegations of starvation, torture, and emotional abuse leveled against Frankie and her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt. Learn about the family's path to stardom, the depravity investigators uncovered inside the home, and hear in-depth analysis of the ongoing criminal trial. Listen to The Rise and Fall of Ruby Frankie exclusively and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.